Well, the season is winding down less than three weeks to go, and it's been an eventful few weeks already, and that's going to certainly continue. Our latest broadcasters roundtable, Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Jason Martinez, and the soon-to-be-retiring Steve Coates. We can't talk you out of it? No, I apologize. I love you guys, but no. Please tell me you're going to be around. I'm going to be around. Everything's going to be fine. I'm not dying. I tried to do that two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be hard to find. No, it's either the bar or the golf course. Yes, no, both. on that order. I'm on that order. I'm sorry to be losing them, though. I of won't. Course. won't I'm going to miss you too. about that. You will be missed, Coatsy. Thanks, you. but you're still, as you say, you're going to be doing events and you'll be at the games, right? Oh yeah, I'll yeah. be, I'll, I'll be coming. Uh, I'll be able to pick the games, though. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a nice distinction. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so you won't be in the co-pilot seat of the aircraft anymore. Oh no, that's I'm not. Probably no, a good thing. I haven't been allowed there in years. Is <laughs> <laughs> that Tampa flight where he did three passes? <laughs> hey, how, how about? Uh, four wins in the last five games. Flyers have a new GM. I don't want to bury the lead, and we'll certainly talk about Danny Briere and what that all means, but I wasn't sure I'd be this optimistic about the hockey club and what they have unearthed here in the last few weeks. We'll start with you, Coach. Uh, some of the kids that have come up have me very optimistic. I think it's very simple. It's something that we've been preaching all year, that the fact that people had to understand that there was a lot of moving parts here. He had a lot of young players that were in the lineup that weren't going to be here if we'd had the, 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 the normal roster. That wasn't possible because of the injuries. So you've seen the evolving, uh, the, the development of these young players, and they're getting better and better. The other thing is I think you're starting to see the coaching start to take hold. The Brad Shaws and the Rocky Thompsons and the Daryl, I mean, Daryl and, and uh, obviously the head guy, Torts. All these people have, and Kimmy, I don't want to leave out Kimmy, but everybody has done a great job of making this team better. And everybody's got better. And you can see the development in all three zones when they're playing now. Defensively, they're better. The four check's a lot better. Goaltending's been good. Am I saying, you know, I'm planning a parade or anything? No. But this team will definitely be better just by watching it now and the way that our players, our younger players have developed. You know, he mentioned the other coaches. The one he forgot. I did the, forget somebody. Is the guy down in Lehigh because yes. they've done such a Bingo. good job yeah. based on the guys that Oh, come I didn't here. forget Lappy. You can never forget Lappy. No, who can forget Lappy? But, but it, they've, it, they've it, done a great job. Really good point. I mean, when you talk about... Uh, I, I, how many examples? Cam York's one, but Tyson Forster, the latest example, where he comes up and uh, it's not his shot. We all know about his shot, and it did not disappoint in his stint uh, here, but it's his overall game that I think impressed everybody, uh, and that obviously is something that when we saw him earlier in training camp, I saw maybe glimpses of, but it, it, clearly the development is there. Um, Zamula, and all, all the guys who come back up seem better for their time in Lehigh Valley. And that wasn't always the case. So uh, that you're absolutely right. That staff down there deserves a lot of credit, and hopefully they're going to get into the playoffs. Looks like they will. And that will help further the development of some of those guys who get to participate in that run. Yeah, I mean, I think Coach, you nailed it. You know, I think that everybody's doing their job. Everybody has their job to do, and they're not trying to do somebody else's job. And the coaching, you mentioned all three zones, just look at the game against Detroit. I mean, both of those goals are absolute fundamental hockey goals. Kiefer Bellows starts a breakout, but he doesn't just sit there and watch the play. He busts it and 
gets to the net as a late guy, picks up the loose change. Same thing with Farabee, just driving the far post, which allows Lawton to be able to you know, do what he did on that play. They're just fundamental hockey plays. And I think the thing that's, that's most interesting, the thing that has me excited, is, yeah, there's a lot of work to do. It's, it does feel like the dawn of a new day. But the big thing is a lot of these games of late, these are tough games for players because of the human nature part. They know they're not going to the playoffs. They may say publicly, we're mathematically eliminated, but they know. And it's the young players leading the way. Yeah. Comebacks against Carolina was led by young players. And I think the experience that these guys are getting, like Tippett being able to go out, make mistakes, and not have to go to the press box when he does, Noah Cates being put in this role, I think it accelerates his growth exponentially. He's being realized by a lot of really good players in the league this year of who he is. Like, Connor McDavid knows he, who he is now. Yep. He played him very well two yep. games. Yeah, and you know what? Beyond even their numbers, offensively or otherwise, Coatsy, some of these kids have shown a hockey sense or a smarts that I didn't anticipate. Forrester is first among them. <laughs> Where did you hit that on the head? I mean, he's been unbelievable. And I've repeated myself ever since he got up, talking about the fact when he came up originally, I got to remember, he's a young kid, but his skating wasn't really that good. But now all of a sudden, he doesn't look out of place. And the other thing, his hockey sense allows him to be able to, I mean, do so much. His patience and, and smartness with the puck is scary good. So if this is what we got to look forward to, uh, I think there's so many. Think about the right side next year. Atkinson, Konechny, Tippett, Allison. You want to put Forrester in there, you're going to have to put somebody in the left side. Now, that goes back to the old adage, we get the training camp, we got way too many guys. What are we going to get? We've got too many right wingers, we've got too many left wingers, and you come around November and say, hey, do you know where we can get a right winger? Yeah, where they all go. <laughs> yeah, what, what happened? But looking at it now, it's that's an enthusiastic thing to look forward to, just the right side. I, I wonder if they might experiment with Tippett on the left side, yeah. just because it's so be. overloaded on one yeah. side. Tor remember Torres I told you. About it. Yeah. Remember I told you the other day. It's funny. There's not many guys that play right wing that can play left wing as a on the off wing, but it was all in the history of this team. Renberg, Recky, Jonesy, were all very good at it. Now. We did have one. I'm sorry with this. Okay. No, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we did have Drew was pretty good playing the the, the left side as a right hand shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. It's it's hard. But I think Tippett's good enough to do that. Play for his backs to the play all the time. It's very hard. I, I won't I mean, do this anymore. Okay. No, I, sorry. I, I thought it was a beat. He's got an imaginary no. whiteboard there. <laughs> no, it's just a nervousness. A nervousness. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think he absolutely can handle it because of the way he, the style of his, his play. He uses his body that way all the time. So uh, easy to say, and we'll see if he can do it. But the right side's exciting. They're, they're going to need maybe something on the left side and down the middle, of course. And, and then there's the overlying question of Sean Couturier. So you, you're in the middle. So I, I really, all of a sudden, you're looking at this rebuild. And every team that misses the playoffs three straight years is rebuilding to some degree. But the rebuild might not be this five-year thing. I mean, these, these players are... Obviously, the 24, 25-year-olds, they're in their prime already. Forrester's younger than that, of course, and some of the other guys coming along are going to be younger than that. But uh, I, don't, I don't think when Danny looks at this, he's going to say, I need to trade everybody and just get draft picks and start from, from the you know, very bottom. So I think this rebuild is, is going to be much more short-term. Jace, as long as we were talking about Tippett, what really excites me most about Owen Tippett, beyond the shot, and he's got a tremendous shot, and his skating ability is 
unlike any power forward I honestly can remember here, his pull-away speed, we've talked about that. Isn't yeah. it? When was the last fly power forward you can remember that had that? But his willingness, and hopefully this continues, to drive to the net is really the difference maker to me. That's brought yeah. me out of my seat a few times. Yeah, it's something Torts has preached to him quite a bit, obviously, too, to, to be a true power forward and use that power stride and size that he has. He's a big boy. Which is why maybe we were a little shocked about how well he skates. Yeah. Because yeah. he does skate really well, and he's got great first couple of steps where he can get some separation. Yeah, that part of driving to the net, you see him doing it more often now. I think the thing that he needs to work on in the offseason is just finishing in closer to the net. He's been a player that probably at every level, his shots carried him. Because it's an absurd shot. It's an unbelievable release. But at this level, if he wants to go to that next level of player here, driving to the net and being able to score from in tight is going to be the next step to doing that and developing that aspect of putting the puck in the net. It's a lot different, obviously, than shooting. I mean, you look at a guy like JVR, I'd hang around him a little bit. <laughs> He's great and tight and deflecting pucks and just being magical in tight. So if he can develop that, then and, – and you have every reason to think he will. I mean, you're, you're talk about a great kid, right? I yeah. mean, quiet, but just a really good, like, good person. Very coachable. Your, your yes. memory's better than mine. Your, yours, yours isn't. Um, do you remember a what? power forward? Huh? <laughs> Tim, how are you? <laughs> uh, Who are you? Do you remember I, a power a forward? Believer. Everybody should have name tags. <laughs> oh, we we'll have one for you real soon. <laughs> do you remember a power forward that had that kind of pull away speed? Uh, if you're saying forward, obviously Lindros was the guy who comes to mind. And Michael Renberg was a power forward, too. So yeah. if you have to go all the way back to that, I mean, that's a long time. And yeah. I'm trying to think of anybody between, as a flyer, you're talking. Yeah. Um, I can't really pull away speed. If you're just talking pull away speed, I can't think of anybody during the, the teens and that, that whole decade. Um, I really can't. I uh, mean, can you, Coach? I, I, you just told me I wouldn't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> so why should I answer tell it? Us, tell, us about, <laughs> tell us about Rocket Richard. Well, he, he wasn't a power forward. <laughs> he was a little guy. <laughs> Uh, no, Lindros would probably be the perfect example. Yeah. I mean, he had the he had everything big, big man that had a big stride. He went through guys, right? Good, as yeah, opposed good to acceleration, and all that. Renberg wasn't as good a skater as Tippett. No, Renberg was More a good a skater. Power. But not. He's a powerful skater, yeah. but not nearly as fast. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, Jonesy. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no, we're not going there. He was a forward. He was a forward. You can say that about but him. speed creates so much, and that's oh, what yeah. really is exciting. See today's him. game. Yeah, you know, I mean, you see his Tippett's confidence growing in the and the decisions he makes on the ice too. He made a, a couple games ago where he kind of did that McDavid move that McDavid did at the top of the zone to the two flyer day. He did a little deeper in the zone, but I, I said, ooh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. You know, that the confident. Spin, the, the yeah. spin knife move right yeah, in the, Exactly. In the high slot. It yeah. Was, it was yeah. unbelievable. But you see that and you go, okay, that's a player who's feeling pretty good yeah. Yeah. to make that decision and play that instinctually. And I think the big thing for him, too, guys, was in talking to him was, you know, not being afraid to make a mistake and then end up in the press box. And I think that's what he felt in Florida. That pressure is hard to live under. And here he's gotten this opportunity and – I think they've been incredibly hands-on with his coaching mm -hmm. because they see a lot there, and you're starting to see that bear fruit. By the same token, though, I think Torts is real good about sending the message, look, you're, we're not going to kill you for mistakes. We expect you to yeah. make mistakes. Especially Don't be aggression. afraid to make yeah. mistakes. You'll learn from them, but 
if you're afraid to make mistakes, then you're afraid to try to make plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, that's so interesting to me because he's, he's working on that with defensemen too, Cam York, Travis Sanheim. And yet, if you were to ask people who just think of John Tortorella from a national basis or just from the outside, they all think that his system is constricting and all that. It is not. He mm-hmm. wants them to go. And if they make mistakes in terms of aggression, you know, hopefully the other players on the ice will help make up for that. Um, obviously, he doesn't want you to be foolish with the puck and take unnecessary risk. He has to have the trust in the player to, to make those moves and know when to join the rush if you're a defenseman and all that. But that's his system. His system is to... Not ask Artemi Panarin, who is one of his favorite players. I mean, you don't get much more creative than that. And certainly he's not going to win a Selkie trophy. Coach, he said it from day one before they even named him as the head coach. And uh, I mean, you were talking about it last year. He is the right guy at the right time for this team. We said it in the very first podcast at the start of the season. If you're going to change the culture here, which they needed to do, he was the guy to start that process. Yeah, he brings the attitude. He brings one thing that was most important when he was first uh, named coach that he understands what it is to be a Philadelphia Flyer. And that's what he's doing. And he, you'll never walk away from him wondering what he meant. He's a thinker. He reminds me of Freddie Sherrill. I mean, walk right by you. In what ways? Doesn't talk. <laughs> no, he doesn't talk. I mean, you know, like he'll, he talks to you guys in a meeting. Yeah, in a meeting, but there's an aloofness about him. I, I know. No, no, he never. With that. He doesn't say, like, on the bus, off the bus. Yeah. Any comedy? No. So he's thinking all the time. Yes. He's being aware. He's, he's looking. He's seeing, understanding the people that are in his traveling party. All those, those different things. And Freddie was like that. Yeah. And uh, I just think he's done a marvelous job. And I don't think the team would be even close to where they'd be or where they could have been if it hadn't been for him. There he is, is absolutely the perfect fit. There is some nervousness, and young players have talked about it, Forster most recently, young players nervous about playing for Torts because of his reputation. But after they've played with him or for him for a while, Rissa Linen told me yesterday, and it's a, a refrain that's been repeated by many guys, is what they like most about playing for John Tortorella is there's no gray area. There's no questioning what is it that he wants me to do as far as what my role is. I know exactly what he expects of me, and I'm going to hear about it if I'm not bringing it. I love what he said to us the other day. He said, I don't have exit meetings at the end of the year. I have an exit meeting every day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to have. They know what I think every single day and where they are. And, you know, he, he is definitely kind of a chill guy away from the podium and out of the room. Um, but I don't think he's ever shy about what he sees in a player and articulating that to them. He doesn't call guys in and close the door in his office nope. to have a meeting. He'll grab them in the hall, yep. and he'll address things that quickly, and sometimes in front of teammates. Remember the story yes. about how doing that will get that guy's teammates, if, you, if you're if you're challenging him in front of your teammates, that'll get that guy's teammates sometimes to rally around that player. No, rally around the player and also not want to be that player. In other right. words, so they won't make the but same to also rein- the group together. But to yeah. reinforce yep. towards his points yeah. because now they too know what exactly. is expected. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's, as, as you said, no gray area with torts at all. And what Coach was talking about is just, uh, you know, he's not necessarily a guy who's going to get on the bus and say hello to everybody. He always seems to be thinking about something. 
whether, as you said, it's who's on the bus or, or you know, it's something about the game that's ahead. Or, uh, but he's always thinking. And I, I watch him during practice when he's out there. He does not miss a thing. Even when they, in the training camp, had no pucks there in the early going. He watched every player as they did the skating team. He wanted to see not how good they looked, you know, not how much they were struggling, but if they had the will to, to get through those skating drills. So he watched every single player. Uh, the, the guy is really into what he does. Coatsy, he's already doing what we all do, uh, but I guess it's, it's his responsibility. He's projecting ahead, looking at what he's got here, trying to figure out on paper, who am I going to have here next year? He's talked about having to make subtractions before you can make additions. And that's the evaluation process that's happening. Normal number is 30% for any hockey club yep. to, to uh, change people. I don't think this is a radical situation here whatsoever, like what Jimmy had said about, you know, rebuild. What's the definition of a rebuild? <laughs> exactly. I mean, what is it? It's just be like, well, okay, we rebuilt. We have two new people. What's well, a rebuild? <laughs> no. I don't get it. Where this all came it's from? It's just terminology, right? We don't like. <clears throat> our job is to win hockey games, and it's it's right in front of you as far as you know. Like this is what we need to be able to get better. We are analyzing what we have, analyzing what we're going to get. It's not like we don't have enough people to be able to help do that, and. We have good people. Right now, we're in a little bit of a, we're coming back, okay? It's an emotional roller coaster, but it's coming back. You can see the hockey club is more entertaining. Entertaining. Entertaining, winning, good attitude. People feel better about yourself. And if any time you get depressed about what's going on and where the fan says, your whole attitude has changed after you were in an event like we were at yesterday with the carnival, when the crowd, Sure, that's been tough, but our people are hockey fans. They're Flyers fans, and they come and they they just no matter what happens, they're going to be here for you. Yep. And yesterday was a perfect example you're, of that. You're right. That was kind of a reminder, Chase. I know you saw it too. Uh, as as down a year as it's been to have a day like the day of the carnival on Sunday, and get reminded of just the passion that still exists in this market was kind of fun to see. Well, and that's after three years of not having it right. because of the pandemic, if you can believe that. It's three years of no carnival. And I know Torch said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, there, is there ever really a good time to have something like that for the players? If you're pushed into the playoffs, you want to give them the day off. But in this situation, it was the perfect day because you've got points in five straight. You've won four of your last five. You're coming off a shutout. The players were in a good mood. The fans were in a good mood. Tony D'Angelo, you might as well not even give him a schedule. <laughs> he was all over the building because he had friends and family everywhere. Um, and it, I thought it was a great day, and it was a great time after three years missing it to reconnect and for everybody, especially players, to gain that perspective again of who they, you know, who's rooting for them, who spends their hard-earned money to come watch them. I think it's a great reminder of, you know, who they really play for. We're quick. I'm yep. sorry. You know, think about Tony coming back. He came here yes. as a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was special for him yesterday. Mm -hmm. It really was. Yeah. He's a special guy, too, by the way. There's, yeah. This is a good group of guys. Um, that's all. That's yeah, it. I had a chance to talk with him and, and interview him, and you could tell, especially he missed his grandma, who I think had come to a couple with him. But it was a, a situation where, you know, you're, this is an event. I can only imagine what it was like for him. You, you come here as a kid 
wishing you could maybe sometime be the player there he was you know now a player and everyone's getting his autograph so I, I don't know about you guys but I, now first of all uh, this is the first carnival for me where I wasn't in a studio or in a suite yeah. kind of secluded so I was and it was I found it energizing I, I, I couldn't believe how much the fans energized me it might be because I'm uh, and we're all, of course, uh, subjected to so much social media during the year, and it's a very negative situation. But when you get around the fans in person, in real, and I, you know, you, we do this too when we're at the Wawa or whatever, but th there's so, so much they just want hope, right? They want to be able to hope. And these young players are giving them reason for hope. Yeah. And Danny Briere, I think, gives them reason Big for hope. hope. Uh, so I, I think that it's back. There is hope now, and uh, that was my whole feeling coming out of that. So let me use that to transition. That we said we buried the lead. The biggest news item here is that the Flyers have uh, hired Danny Briere as the interim general manager. Personally, I believe he's going to be the general manager. They're going to hire a director of hockey ops. Danny's been groomed for this, and uh, he he's gone about it the right way. I really respect a guy that instead of just saying I'm going to jump from being a player and expect to jump into that seat. Mm -hmm. uh, he paid his dues. He's ready for this. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, when he first retired, he got involved in the business side, shadowed and wanted to learn that side of the business. Then, you know, moved over to hockey. He was in player development. Remember, I remember him being on the ice with guys. And then he moved into management with the Maine Mariners organization in the East Coast League. And then you know, I was trying to book him for a podcast about a year and a half ago and tried to lock down a time. And he said, oh, I'm going to be in class. I can't do it at that I'm like, class. Find out he's going to Wharton to go to the school of business there. Pretty good school. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, Tim. Not many former players, especially that made the kind of dough that Danny made, right. are going to do that and put in that kind of work to best position themselves to be as prepared as possible. And you know how it is. Former players, they want to microwave their success after. They want to go right to the top of the heap, not go on the bus rides and all that. Not Danny. He's been in rinks all over the world, looking at players, scouting, and doing all those things. I think he's as prepared as they come. And I, I, the other thing I think, too, is I, I think a GM tends to build a team in his own likeness in some ways. And if he's going to build player, a, a roster in his own likeness, there are going to be a lot of competitors on the team. Because as gentlemanly as he is, he was a vicious competitor, and he does not want to lose. This is a guy that was waived in the NHL owners early in his career yep. and had to earn his way to everything he's got, including this job. So I think he's the right man for it. I can't disagree with anything. I'm a huge Danny Rear fan. I mean, I mean, just huge. Um, I will say, though, and, and this is a hard business, I wish Chuck Fletcher all the best Absolutely. in moving forward. Um, class act. I've known him an awful long time, so that's just the way this business works. But Danny, Danny gets it. He's a flyer. And so, and he's surrounded by, by people that are, are flyers people. So it's just a matter of, of it's going to take time. I mean, it's just not going to happen instead. Oh, you know, all of a sudden, you've got a new general manager. Everything's going to change. It doesn't happen like that. Yeah, he's not skating the wing tonight. But, but things are moving in the right direction. Phantoms are going to make the playoffs. Phantoms are going to get better because the kids are going to learn that's why they're sending these kids back so they can learn how to win. Yeah. You got to learn how to win. I'm glad you brought up Chuck because I was this morning thinking about you could really play the what if game there. Oh all, yeah, all the what ifs sure. that he had no control over, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it, it is what it is. It, it played out the way it played out. It'll be in a book a, one day. Somebody will tell what really happened. 
he, he was an absolute class act and is and will stay in hockey probably the rest of his life. So it's really one of the nicest people I've, I've met in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And so is Danny, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And uh, I mean, in Chuck's case, we could be and hopefully will be talking um, three, four years down the road about an Ed Wade situation with the Phillies yep. where he took a lot of heat. But uh, he also brought in Chase Sutley and Ryan <laughs> Howard and guy that, that built that championship team. There's some good young players that Chuck. Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett. Yeah, that's Chuck. At yep. Tippett, uh, Tyson Ford. I mean, we can go down that's, the list. Some right. of these picks. Denoyer in the fifth round. Yeah, there's a lot there. So I mean, he, he had injury issues that really crippled him. Uh, you know, the moves he made, and you know what, the move that really set everything in the wrong motion was the surprise retirement of Matt Niskanen. But that that kind of really just set everything in motion. It in goes the back way. to the what ifs. Yeah, the Ron Ellis is the Matt right. Niskanen's that started. Right. He doesn't things. retire if a pandemic doesn't hit. That, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, the, it was one of the first moves Chuck made too was the Gudis Niskanen move, right. which was widely panned yes. uh, initially. But I mean, obviously you saw how that move played out in the, for the one year on the ice. I mean. He was spectacular. The one that drives me, the one that's fascinating to me is Ritzelainen, Delorier, saying, well, why do you sign him to this? Why are you doing that? Watch the games. Pay attention to the games about what happens. Well, you should do this first and then do this first. No. The game of hockey, Delorier has been one of our best players all year. Ristolainen has been unbelievable. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. I, I, retirement's going to be one of the blessings of not listening to people. <laughs> what they're talking about. I hope he's not talking about me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, just understand the game of hockey, yeah. Yeah. please. When you talk to Laurier one especially, the uproar about that contract was like, what? Why? Yeah, and, and he's been exactly what... A general manager and a coach would want in that player in that role. The second so. half of that was Ristolainen. Yeah. I still think he's the most improved player that the Flyers have had this close. year. I don't think it is either. There are other guys you could talk about, but yeah. Risto, and that's a lot to do with Brad Shaw. Let's give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Um, I think Torts has kind of turned him over to Brad Shaw in some respects, well, he, and that's good. It's like how many times have we said he played in Buffalo in a bad system? Yeah. Never learned how to win. Lost in the playoffs. Didn't even get to the playoffs. He's right. never been to the playoffs. So what's he learned? All he had learned how to be able to get lose all the time and lose all the time. And he's been like that here until now. They're starting to think. So he's only as good as, like any other player, as good as the people that, uh, that you play with and the coaching you get. And that he is a result right now. And he's only going to get better. Not... Not hard. you got a guy six foot four, six foot five back there that's willing to take the body and make people a little bit uneasy coming into the the, 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 the zone. That's what you want. Yep. But no, no, we can't have that. Well, Dan, Hold on, we can't have that. He had about seven different coaches in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. A and, lot of different messages. He's had several here. I mean, yeah. So I mean, it's finally he's got a coach and a coaching staff that I think has given him the same message over and over again, and he's yeah. picking it up. And I want to go back to your your point about the fan interaction that we had at the carnival. I think you're right that this fan base, if they can see that there is now a plan and they know where we're headed and how we're trying to get there, Danny said it in his initial press conference, there's, no gonna, there's not going to be any quick fix. We're, we're not going to be looking for quick fixes. We're going to do this the right way, and it's going to take a little time. Uh, but they... 
the the cupboard's not completely bare. No, some pieces. Not at all. And and I mean, there's six good young. If you're talking about 24 and younger players, there's six players, forwards, six forwards. I'm not even talking about Cam York. Not even talking about Carter Hart. Six forwards on this team that we've seen on this homestand play really well. Yep. And I mean, I'm talking about being very good soon, not five years down the road. Owen Tippett is already very good, and Noah Cates is already very good in, in the role that he serves. Um, and we're seeing Joel Farabee get better. We talked about Forrester. Uh, Morgan Frost we haven't mentioned. I think his, his progression has been way different than Owen Tippett. Tippett kind of shot right up, had a little bit of a dip, and then shot right back up. Morgan's been more like this, but I think here late in the season he's getting better and better. So all these young players, yeah, the cover's not dry at all. And the wild card is Sean Couturier. If, if he comes back and is – 80 to 85 percent of the Sean Couturier we knew everything else sort of falls into a better place Cam Atkinson too so cover's not there having said all that the winning that they're doing is hurting their draft position and I just watched a kid yesterday I watched his last three games actually Fantilli in Michigan is a stud yeah. So if you end up with the second pick, if somehow they win that second lottery, you get the second pick. I know Connor Bedard's unbelievable, but this kid is six. He's in his teen. He's, he's going to get bigger. He's six two, big frame, and he is smart. Sees the ice well. I would love if you could somehow get that second pick. That would really help that we, cupboard we, even more. We were laughing yesterday because we had uh, Torts on a, a radio show yesterday at the carnival, and the subject came up. There is a certain small percentage of the fan base, I think that are bemoaning the fact that you're winning now, you're, it's counterproductive, you're killing your draft, as if you should be tanking. And yeah. anybody that believes that is, to me, a casual fan that doesn't understand that's not in the DNA of a professional athlete, certainly not in the National Hockey League. They're trying to build a culture here, and learning how to win is a big part of that. That's nonsense. And if anybody hit you with that argument that they ought to be losing for a draft pick, walk away. Do yeah. it quickly, yeah. but walk away. You know, I don't care about the, the percentages of getting the first pick. That's, the, the NHL has built up a really good system that really makes tanking stupid, if that's what you're worried about. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there are about five players at the top of this draft that I think se have separated themselves you might throw a six. That kid from Latvia is starting to really yeah. interest me. But Will Smith, top five. Will Smith's into the kid. five. Yeah, yeah, he's really come on. Perfect name for Philly. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Will Smith come to Philly? Probably has a good right, too. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking that, you know, if you fall in eighth, ninth, but you can't think that way. As a, as a coach or a player, you go out there to win, of course. Tanking, it's, just, it's silly. You were it's a silly. player. If anybody had suggested to you... <laughs> That you try not dumbest to win. Thing I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Just absolutely dumbest thing in the world. They're keeping. I used to score. talk to the Flyers Cup kids, and I used to tell them, you know, you hear somebody says, "Well, <clears throat> it's not about winning or losing. How you play the game, bull. <laughs> it's about winning." If they waste any power turning on the scoreboard. It's about winning. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. That's why they keep score. Right. Yeah. Why? I mean, is Con if Connor Bedard ends up in Chicago, is he going to fix it? No. Did no. Taylor Hall fix Edmonton? Did Ryan Nugent Hobson's fix Connor Edmonton? McDavid no. hasn't even been in a Stanley exactly. Cup final. And that was their fifth yeah. first overall pick. Right. It's not a one-man so, sport. It's yeah. just not. It's, it, it never will be. Yeah, Bedard is sensational. By the way, Fantilli, he was great in that game, unfortunately, against my alma mater. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, 52 seconds into overtime, they beat Penn State. But um, Not that it bothers them. Uh, yeah, not, yeah not, <laughs> I'm still perturbed by it. Let it go. But, uh, yeah, there's some great players in this draft. Leo Carlson, if you're looking at a blue liner. You got Will Smith, and I mean the the other guy, Michkov, is 
I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. He's got Ovechkin type numbers at the same age in yeah. in the Continental Hockey League. You don't know when he's coming over, so you may have to be patient. But boy, there's a lot of gold in there to be oh, at the top. It's all yeah. almost all forwards. I all mean, right. it's it's the, pretty scary. We're gonna have time to do. I think we're gonna do one more podcast before he officially oh, okay. goes so into we retirement. Don't do the goodbye and oh, we won't do that. Contract run, but though. we'll be able to talk about the upcoming draft because it's a hugely important time for Danny Briere in his first NHL May eighth draft too. Uh, yeah, draft yes, lottery. That is. And that's <laughs> the other thing sure. about Taurus, real quickly. If 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 you tank, the hockey guys are going to get you, right? That's what he truly believes. Yep. If you play hard and finish eighth, ninth from the bottom, hockey guys might just give you the lottery. Who knows? The hockey guys are I out there. You guys the know. It. Coach, you believe in hockey guys, don't you? They're out oh, there. I, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I. Yeah. <laughs> I got to think about it. He looks like the hockey Buddha. <laughs> I had a coach. Well, hockey Buddha has to believe in the hockey gods. Right? I had a coach growing up that believed in the hockey gods, and when things weren't going well, we'd have to go clean under the bleachers <laughs> as our way of penance to the hockey gods. You ever been under the bleachers at your local rink? Oh, I don't think I would either. All right, three weeks left, a little less Let's than end three on that weeks note. <laughs> left for the regular season. We'll look forward to uh, what's ahead, and hopefully they can – Keep this uh, little winning trend here going at the end of the season. With our latest broadcasters roundtable for Jim Jackson, Jason Martinez, Steve Coates, I'm Tim Saunders. Enjoy the games.